Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Corey Steiner. I'm the superintendent at Northern Cass, and this is our second ever podcast. And we are going to talk to the people that are behind the scenes that make Northern Cass great. So today, I have a wonderful opportunity. I'm going to be with Kelsey Ferkel, Jessica Stone, and Amber Eller. They are our second grade team, a highly effective team that is going to share some of the things they do at Northern Cass to help our students achieve at the highest level and, and are helping put our name on the map nationally. So let's go around, ladies, if you would, and we'll start with you, Amber. Introduce yourself. Tell us what you do at the school. If you've been anywhere else, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Amber Eller. I teach second grade, and I am in my ninth year here at Northern Cass. And I also teach, or coach, sorry, coach junior high volleyball here at the school. Very good. Thanks. How about you, Jess? All right. I am obviously also a second grade teacher here. Um, I started my teaching career at Northern Cass. My first year I taught K through 6 Title I reading and math, and then um, I switched to second grade, and now I'm in my eighth year of teaching, and I also coach elementary girls basketball here. Very good. Kelsey. Okay. This is my fourth year teaching second grade at Northern Cass. This is also my first school I've worked at. Um, I'm also the National Honor Society advisor and the lead teacher for the Junior Jag Time, the elementary after school program. So it's pretty pretty clear the school day doesn't end at 3.30 when your kids leave. You're all involved in other activities, <laughs> so you're very busy. Uh, let's start off, Kelsey, with you. And, and I want to talk about whole brain teaching. It's something you guys attended a conference in Las Vegas, brought back to our school, and it's been used pre-K through 12, and it really was your guys' leadership that did that. So, Kelsey, can you tell me what whole brain teaching is? Yeah, whole brain teaching, it's a teaching model where you're getting the kids very engaged. You're doing actions that they're mimicking, and they're, they're never just sitting there. They're always moving. Um, we do mere words, and then they copy what you say, what you're doing, and it's getting them to talk to each other about what we're learning. It's been very effective in our classrooms. Very good. So, Jess, I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Would you give me an example of what is something that you actually do with whole brain teaching? Um, well, whole brain teaching has like a step-by-step -step model when you are teaching of what you go through. Um, so as Kelsey said, um, mere words is one of them. So you usually always start with an attention getter like class, class, yes, yes, to get their attention. Um, you then uh, do mere words, which they copy your actions. Um, some that I do is like, uh, for action verbs, is like ACT. I-O-N, action verbs, actions, and the kids are doing the actions with you and repeating um, what you are saying. Um, you then do a teach okay where they turn and talk um, and they're teaching their partners. Um, and they don't just say it one time and then stop. They say it over and over and over until you do an, another attention getter to get their um, attention back to you. Um, so that's just one example of how I, how I use it in my classroom. Oh, very good, very good. Amber, does it work? It works. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice because students are able to reflect more uh, after they've learned using the whole brain teaching with the actions, their whole brain is involved. So when they have that, they can reflect on their learning. And if you ask them, they can go more in depth in their learning. Very good. And, and I'll say from my perspective, I didn't know much about it, and when I went to your guys' sessions, now when I do presentations outside of this building, I will use that. Uh, and they look at me like I'm a little bit crazy, but when they do that, it also brings their attention back. Uh, administrators and sometimes teachers are not the best students in big groups, uh, so it's worked really well, and I've seen it done in our building from AP chemistry all the way down to pre-K, so uh, it's really been a positive impact in our building. Uh, each 
of you had the opportunity to be involved in the Northern Cass Teacher Leadership Academy. Uh, that's an academy where all of you earned your master's degree in education uh, and did it as a cohort with 20 other teachers. Jess, I want you to start for me and I want you to tell me about what was the most impactful part of the Leadership Academy for you. Okay. Choosing just one thing is going to be tough. Um, I think the relationships that I built with the staff members was phenomenal. Um, oftentimes in our building, our elementary is on the lower level and high school is on the upper level. So we don't really get to interact with those high school teachers. Um, so it was just neat um, to work with them, you know, every every Wednesday for four hours. Um, it just it just gave a whole new relationship and um, we learned from each other. Uh, elementary teachers learned from the high school teachers and vice versa. Um, Another powerful thing that I took away from it is uh, public speaking is not my forte. Um, but going through that leadership pro uh, academy, we had many opportunities, <laughs> I will call them, um, to do public speaking um, in front of our peers, which I sometimes think is more challenging than actually being in front of people you don't know. Um, but it gave me the confidence um, learning from that that I've actually presented at you know, the PLC Summit in Bismarck. Um, another one our grade two team just presented to in Bismarck. I can't remember what that one Advanced was. Ed. The Advanced Ed Conference. Um, so it's been really fun. Um, I find myself enjoying, like, going out and presenting to other teachers and learning from others. So that's probably the biggest thing that I took away from it was just the confidence to do that. So. Yeah, very good. Thank you. So, Kelsey, tell me, what's one of your takeaways from the Leadership Academy? I was going to say the same thing she did about just being able to work with our other teachers in our building that I don't get to every day. That was the best thing for me. And I feel like now that we're done, I feel like we need to get together every other Wednesday just to <laughs> have conversations. We, we learned a lot about each other and about ourselves. And um, I don't know. I, just, I learned a lot about our school, too. We got to look at our like handbook and revise that and just things that we really got the program was awesome because we really got to focus on our school and what we're doing in our building so that was a good takeaway too I think there's a lot of things we take for granted because they're done behind the scenes that you guys really got a chance to dig in and understand why mm -hmm. it was done which was something that honestly when we started it I didn't think that would be what would happen so it really was kind of a, a awareness to an awakening mm -hmm. uh, how about from your perspective Amber well, I took a lot away too, I mean, both of what they did with the relationships and just hearing the other perspectives from other people in the building. It's They look at it ways that, things that, ways that I would have never looked at it. So just getting that perspective from others and definitely the, the confidence now um, presenting in front of others. I would have never dreamed that I'd be doing it all as I am. And just as a leader in general, uh, I know that I have grown because things that I would have never thought of doing, I here I am. Yeah. So just the, the confidence piece and also balance. Uh, I mean, that's for doing grad school and a job. I mean, and being a parent. And being a parent. <laughs> so I, I learned a lot about balance as yeah. well. But yes, it was, it was wonderful. I'm so happy we were given the opportunity. Good. Yeah. Good. So let me ask you, sir, are you proud of yourselves? You oh, yes. <laughs> I never intended on getting my master's, so this opportunity coming to us was just, I had to take it. It was just right here at our school and with our peers, and mm -hmm. I would never go back and change my, I, I'm so glad I did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think even um, going back to what we took away from it, like presenting at conferences, <laughs> when we presented at the Advanced Ed Conference uh, this fall, after our presentation, a superintendent came up for, to us from a different school and was like, I need you guys at my school. And it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, you want us to come to your school? And so I think that just kind of, you know, gave us a pat on our backs that, wow, we, we did do something great and we do have a lot to share. So, And yeah, it was funny because Viola, who's the, the superintendent at Mott, found me at a conference the following week and said, I need your second grade teachers at my school. Uh, and so, yeah. It, I always will think back from the first moment when you gave a little talk about yourself and it was it was really kind of a freak out moment for a lot of people. We got red, we got blotchy, we stuttered, we stammered. Uh, then now you guys go to the Advanced Ed Conference, the PLC Conference, and I'm not just saying this, it's the highest attended sessions in that conference every year because of the practical things you bring to them. So uh, the Leadership Conference, or Leadership Academy, really has done wonderful things and I've seen you guys grow tremendously. And not, it's also other staff members too, you know, not just us. We have multiple teachers that the PD that we're doing for other schools and other educators is just beyond anything we've ever done at our school before. So many people took that away, I think, from the Leadership Academy. Very good. Uh, you know, at Northern Cass, we're moving ourselves over the next few years to a mass customized learning approach. And you guys have taken on some of those things in your classrooms and are going to start kind of being our model or our runners with this. Each of you had a chance to go down to Harrisburg and Freedom Elementary. I'd like your perspective on what's one thing you took away from there that like that's why we want to become a mass customized school. And Amber, I'm going to put you on the spot and let you start for us. I was amazed. The kids, how they can talk about their learning. I, it just truly just wowed me how they can reflect on that learning and just the way they even just shared it with adults. Like it was, it was great. I was, there was a lot of things, but that was the one that stuck out to me. Good. Yeah. How about for you, Jess? I think Amber took what Kelsey and I would both say. <laughs> um, it was just phenomenal seeing um, first grade or second grade at that school through fifth grade. They don't call them grades, but um, that's the age of the students. Um, just how they were able to tell us exactly what measurement topic they were working on, what learning target they were working on, why they were doing a certain activity to reach mastery in that learning target and measurement topic. And I mean, they could explain everything. Just, it was phenomenal how they took ownership of their learning. Um, another takeaway I had is we are so excited to get this going at our school, but one thing is uh, we have to start slow to go fast. And I think that's something um, we have to remember in going forward, the, forward with this. So, I think you're, you're absolutely right on that. Is after we've had some training, we've done the visits, people come back and they're like, let's go 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And one, burnout could be an issue. Uh, we need to prepare our students. We need to prepare our parents. So there's lots of moving pieces that we have to get in place before we jump yeah. into the water mm -hmm. full force. So mm -hmm. very good. Uh, so you guys are going to take on some of the concepts of MCL. So Kelsey, I'll have you start first. Like, what do you? How do you even start this conversation? What are you guys going to do as a second grade team? Yeah, right now we're just in the planning stages of it. We're going to start next week with a unit on telling time, where we'll kind of group our kids based on their proficiency of telling time and work at their level. And this will be great for the students that already kind of know some of the things that we're expected in second grade. They can go a little bit farther. And the students that maybe need to review some other first grade things before we can move on to the second grade and just really reach them at their proficiency level. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. 
we know that we need to have um, a growth mindset going through this too because I mean some stuff we try may not work and just bouncing back and yeah you know, just yeah so when I, when I grew up it was grades it was S or U or it was an S plus or an A what's proficiency mean Jess what when you say that to a parent if a parent says what does it mean when you say my kids proficient um, so in school, we obviously have standards or learning targets, which are required by the state um, for each grade level. So for example, in second grade, our telling time was, um, I can tell time to the nearest five minutes using AM and PM on a digital and analog clock. Um, so the students would have to demonstrate profici proficiency to us. Um, that would mean that they can do that standard um, without assistance. They can do it um, independently. Um, that would be how they show proficiency to us. So you're, you guys are telling me that we will actually know what a student knows and what they don't know. Yes, correct. So for our telling time unit, we developed a pre-assessment that all second grade students are going to take. Um, and that has different levels, uh, first grade standards, second grade standards. And when they take that, that'll tell us exactly what they know. So then we can group them and place them into a personalized learning format, I guess. To me, that's it's really exciting. I mean, we have to start somewhere. This is a great place to start. Uh, I honestly, I think the part that it, when a kid has to tell time off an analog clock, just the fact that they'll know what analog means and not <laughs> yeah. look at the cell phone or their watch, it's going to be quite interesting just to see that <laughs> yeah. part. Uh, I want you guys to to kind of jump out of this realm and let's talk about what's changed most since you were in education and, and we have from you guys haven't been doing this for 50 years yet you're all fairly new to the the occupation but what's something that's changed fairly dramatically since you started in education and it could be when you started in college to where you are now so Amber I want to start with you what's well, changed um well I have kind of a background my mom has been teaching third grade at Central Crest for almost 30 years so growing up with a teacher uh, as a kid and she was actually my third grade teacher but mm -hmm. growing up knowing you know I hear from her uh, I feel a lot the I mean expectations of students the expectations of teachers has changed incredibly uh, it's just with the technology um, everything's just I mean, it's a new generation, so I mean, we got to keep up with, with what's going on with the world, and we use iPads now. And in the past, they would have never dreamed of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, just the opportunities too. We're given so many more opportunities uh, in the field, and um, yeah, that's cool. Good, Kelsey. How about from your perspective? We all must really think alike. I was going to bring up the technology <laughs> aspect. Of, you know, when I was a kid. I mean, as a in high school, we had one like laptop cart that would go from classroom to classroom. Where now in second grade, we have an iPad cart for each classroom, where each of my students gets their own iPad. I never would have dreamed that something like that would happen. So that's very they, the kids just love it, and it really helps their learning. And um, another thing would be we don't just teach out of a book telling us what to do. That's something that you know I remember as a kid too. The kids are doing projects and they're doing um, they're doing fun things that are not that I didn't do fun things as a kid because I did <laughs> but just um, things like that have changed too. Good, good. Jess, how about from you? I feel like reflecting back, um, being in elementary, I would have never known 
like what learning target I was learning. Mm. Um, I feel like students have way more ownership of their learning now than they did when I was in school um, with like learning targets and even like self-reflecting on their learning. Um, when we ask a student to reflect like, are you a one, two, three, or four? Like, how are you feeling about this learning target? Um, that's not something we ever did when I was growing up. And you didn't know like why you were being taught or what you were being taught or why did we do this assignment? where I think students now understand like, oh, I'm working on this learning target, I'm at this level, I'm doing this assignment because I need to um, do it to show proficiency. And so I think just taking ownership of the learning and understanding why and what they are learning, I think has changed a lot since I was in school. Yeah, it, it is a field that I, I don't know if people realize changes so much on a regular basis that Everything you have planned, even in a week, sometimes can change with what happens in the world. As you, you know, you take time to talk about. I remember 9/11 that mm -hmm. we threw out two or three days of what we were going to do, and we just had conversations about what happened and what that looked like with our kids. Uh, teachable moments occur all the time, and so it, it really is amazing that I think education is one of those fields that people just don't understand because they don't live it. Mm -hmm. How quickly it changes. Mm -hmm. A question about from a personal perspective for you guys. You decide to teach. You're not going to get to be a millionaire. Uh, you put in a lot of hours. You work hard. There's a lot of stress with this job. Why do it? So I'd like to hear from each of you. Why are you a teacher? Why do you want to hopefully stay a teacher mm -hmm. for a long time? So Jess, why teach? Um, well, I was inspired as um, a high school student, obviously. Um, I intended on going to school to be an optometrist, which thank goodness I didn't because I've never passed the science and math classes. <laughs> um, but my uh, senior year of high school, I had the opportunity to work in a third grade classroom um, with Mrs. Olson um, at Kidder County School. And she was a phenomenal educator and I just was so inspired by her. And I knew after working in the classroom that it was what I was born to do. And um, I went to Valley City State and um, I had the opportunity to work at preschools and daycares, and there's truly nothing I would enjoy more. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, it's a beautiful thing when a passion and a career come together. And there's no, there's no other career that I would enjoy more than I do teaching. Um, there's just so many challenges and rewards, and no two days are the same. <laughs> Kelsey, how about from you? I have always loved working with kids. Um, I became an aunt when I was 13, and I worked, I babysat, I worked in daycare for seven years. I went to college uh, to be a nurse, and I was halfway through the nursing program, and I'll never, I always, I wanted to be a pediatric nurse because I knew I had to work with kids, but I also loved science, I loved that me the medical field. Um, I'll never forget the day of my first actual, like, field experience. I was at a nursing home and I was kind of stressing out. It was my first time doing anything with that. And a group of kids walked by. There was a daycare at the nursing home and they were walking by and singing to the residents. And I saw them and I just got teary eyed and I said, this isn't what I want to do. I called my mom and I said, next year I'm going to school to be a teacher. This is, that's what I need to do. And I've never regretted a minute of that decision. Very cool. Amber, how about from you? Um, I'd have to say it all started with my mom. She'd bring home papers to correct, and my <laughs> sister and I, we'd play school. Our Barbies would play school. <laughs> so, you know, it was crazy. I, when I started college, I went into accounting, and nothing to do with 
my passion, and I realized that pretty quick. So just the the rewards and it challenges too. Mm -hmm. I definitely, um, yeah, no two days. She's right. No two days are the same. You just and working with kids, you just yeah. hear. We could write a book of all the just the fun, the funny things they say, or this. This is the things that kind of just. It's so much fun working with them and hearing what they what they have to say. I think it's one of the most powerful things we can talk about is why we're in the field we are. Uh, I was political science three and a half years, a half year from graduating, was going to go to law school uh, and was coaching. And when I started coaching, I'm like, man, I really like being around kids. I want to be a coach. And then I'm like, boy, if I like being around kids, well, shouldn't I do that all day long? And that's how I got into teaching. And so it took me another year and a half of extra college because I knew that's I didn't want to go into that other realm. So, mm -hmm. so I, we'll get to our, our last question for the day. Why Northern Cass? You know, a couple of you drive from Fargo every day, and there's schools probably closer to your neighborhoods. There's no doubt about that. Uh, why here? That's my big question. Why here? So I'm going to start with Jess. Oh, you're putting me on well, the spot. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Why here? Because you live a little closer to the school. So. I did. Well, I actually used to commute from Fargo, yeah. and I decided that if they're going to let me be a lifer here, I'm going to be a lifer here. <laughs> and so my husband and I built um, out in the school district. Um, after teaching here, we knew we wanted our children to go here as well. Um, I think we hit things head on. We take on challenges. We're not afraid to try new things. Um, we're very innovative staff um, who thrives on taking risks, I think. Um, and sometimes that can be exhausting, but I feel like if I were at a, another school district that did not do that, um, I may not feel as rewarded or as challenged in the, in the profession I'm in. So I just love that uh, we, we take those risks and we, we always do it because we know it's what's best for kids. And I think that's our, our motto, like, are we doing what's best for kids? And I, like I said, I don't think I'll ever leave this place if they let me stay. So. You don't have any intention of having you leave, so uh, you bring up a good point. It's like sometimes it's exhausting, and I always tell people that exhausting feeling you have when you get in your car to leave here is the feeling that you did good. Because if you walk out of here and you're like, oh, I've got tons of energy, I can go do a bunch of other things, we didn't give our all for the kids. So I'm glad to hear yeah. that. So yeah. Amber, how about from your perspective? Why Northern Cass? Well, um, we do commute. We live in Fargo. But there's no other place I would go. Uh, it's, it is. It's the challenges and coming out here feeling, like, accomplished. And uh, I just feel the, the school here, the relationships here, uh, it's like everything we do is such a team approach mm -hmm. and I just I love feeling that team and collaboration piece and just the relationships with the kids and I I just really mm -hmm. feel that even through sports and other activities at the school too it's just I have to jump in now, too. Yeah. I have to feedback on that. Um, so talking about the team approach, you know, obviously we, ha we have educators that are friends at other schools, and no offense to them or anything, but I often hear, like, how they teach with their doors closed, and I feel like one thing here, like, our doors literally are usually open, but, I mean, even if not literally, they are, and we're in each other's classrooms, and we are constantly thriving on 
learning from each other. And I think that's so important that we can collaborate and learn from each other so well. Um, and it's sad to hear that there are situations in other schools that it's not like that. Like you're in your classroom all day and you're not working with others or learning from others. So I think that's something that we're fortunate to have here, that we're just so welcoming to each other. When, so. I, when I was hired here, I went around and I talked to some of the teachers that were around and just said, tell me, tell me why this is a great place to be. And the culture idea came up all the time. It's just different. It's a different feel. And I've gotten that everywhere I've ever went. This is the first place that it was a reality. There is something very special about the culture, the not operating in silos. I love the fact yeah. that I can just pop into a room and just hang out in there and, you know, the kids just go. They know that, yeah, we're going to be in and out. It really, it's been a culture that's created that's world class. And I also appreciate, too, that we're, we're K-12, so our kids, they, they get to collaborate with the older kids here at the building, and it's just, like I said, that relationship piece that they get to mm -hmm. get exposed to that and um, two out of three of us are actually went to Central Cass, so I never, <laughs> never imagined I'd be working at Northern Cass. But coming out here, I came out here during a um, a short practicum experience. It was just a science um, class that we came out here for a few days and did uh, worked with the fourth graders. And just walking in, and uh, this is before I even worked here, but walking in and just meeting people, and it's a different feel in this building compared to when I went to some other schools um, as I was in college and you'd walk in and no one would say hi to you. I just, you, you, it's a different feeling completely. And as Amber pointed out, it's a K-12 school. One thing that I look forward to is seeing my second graders graduate. I can work with them in National Honor Society and once they're done in elementary school, that's not the last time I'll see them. I'll get to see them grad grow up. So that's one thing too. And and just my coworkers, I, have, I just have loved every single one of them. And when I get asked by people, and I do a lot, if something opens up in West Fargo or Fargo, would you move out there and teach there? It just makes more sense. And I always say, no, there's no way. You could, I just couldn't. Even if I was getting, I just, there's no way. I just love it here, and I will never, as Jessica said, if they'll keep me, I'll, I'll stay here. And so then I'll just make record that we now have on, have on tape that all of you said you would Not never leave, so, so I'll have to come back to that. Well, you know, Northern Cass is a very special place, but it's a special place because we have special individuals here like the three of you. Uh, you're a, a great team. You do great things for kids, and you really truly are one of the the behind-the-scenes story that is a source of pride for us. So I want to thank you guys for taking the time today uh, to our second-ever podcast and our first group of teachers. So have a great day. Thanks. Thank you.